Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Nesson Dorma Draft. I'm Martin Ramsey, your host. We are going draft daft over the next few weeks as we subject ourselves to the rules of the game and try to pick the best unique 11 that perfectly encapsulates a particular point in football history. This week is one of the most mythologised and romantic to size moments of British football history, English football history in particular, is of course Euro 96. Joining me to try and achieve the best is Mr. Rob Smythe. How are we, Rob? I am good. How are you doing? I'm very well. Now, you and I are big fans of this pod format. Pioneers, some might say. Um, so we, we <laughs> will behind it. We're well behind, but we are up against it today. Two experts on the European Championships, especially this tournament in particular. Mike Gibbons of this Dorma, of course, and the author of When Football Came Home. Um, you must be fairly confident, Mike, about this. Um, well, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> I mean, uh, I can remember some stuff about it, I think, but... Uh... You know, if I come out fourth in this Tom Bowler thing we're about to do, mm. I'll be a lot less confident, I think. But, uh, yeah, the the, the beauty of the draw. Thank you. And the doyen of all things European Championships, the author of uh, Euro Summits, um, he came along to help us through our journey through the European Championships of 1988. Jonathan O'Brien, how confident are you about getting the better of us in Euro 96? Well, Martin, I'm a lot more confident than I was five seconds ago after being called the doyen of something that is <laughs> usually reserved for people like Brian Glanville and what have you. So t- thank you very much. <laughs> no problem. Before we do that dreaded tombola and the draws revealed, um, what were we up to that summer? Jonathan, I'll start with you. What, what age were you? What were you, what were you doing that summer of 96? Um, I was 20 years of age and I was, um, I, had, I had done a bad leaving certain school, which is the equivalent of your A-levels. Um, so I sort of blagged my way into a job at a local um, music magazine and I was about nine months into it at that stage. And uh, um, yeah, the following June, uh, Euro 96 happened and naturally I was uh, hugely looking forward to it, especially when I saw the draw. There seemed to be a lot of very good combinations of teams in certain groups. Um, so yeah, I was I would have been 20 years old. Yeah. And um, I remember I watched a lot of it in between shifts at work in a quite well-known boozer in the centre of Dublin called the International Bar, uh, where a lot of um, sort of arts uh, journalists hung out at the time and still do. Uh, so, yeah, my, my memories of it are very much tied in with that particular place. I watched probably about 40% of the tournament in there, I think. So that's where I was in 96. I totally agree with you about the combinations, obviously. Closer to home, England, Scotland, in the same group with, with Holland, France and Spain, another, Italy and Germany, another, and then... Bulgaria and Romania, these, you know, two big forces in the previous World Cup that, that had kind of come to light and the excitement of um, Croatia, I suppose, and the new kid on the block. Mike, you must have a fondness for this tournament. You devoted whatever, however many months of your life to to, to getting that book out. What were you what were you up to during that summer in particular? Uh, well, it was a, fond, a fondness for that time of life, I think, as well. So I was, um, I was 18. I was in my last year of school. I was doing my A-levels. Um, just about to go into that hinterland between school and university, that long extended uh, summer where you don't kind of really appreciate that this is some time that you're never ever going to get again uh, in your life and did the sort of hackneyed 90s cliche of what going to a Ibiza on holiday um, when my A-levels were over. 
Um, and actually, my my final A level, which was A level media studies, it was the morning after England had beaten the Netherlands four uh, one. Ooh. And then as then as now, I left a lot of things to the last minute. So I was meant to go and revise after the match had finished, but uh, I just ended up watching the highlights on um, on BBC One. But um, yeah, it's a huge deal, obviously, to have an international football tournament in England. It's not really reflected in the attendances and the crowds outside of uh, mm. uh, England matches, but yeah, a lot of expectation for it. And speaking of media studies, actually, I did my, my A-level media studies project was an attempted uh, homage to the Orbis Italia 90. I tried to write one for the uh, European Championship, um, which I've never seen since, actually, and I don't think I'd ever want to see again, uh, <laughs> given it was put together by an 18-year-old. But, <laughs> yeah, that was me in the summer of 96. Were you doing the diagrams for the greatest goals and all that? Because uh, yeah, a famous. I was, famous... yeah, and I, I can't, yeah. I can't draw. So <laughs> I literally can't draw anything. Yeah. Marco van, a stick man, Marco van Basten with that, um, that, that, <laughs> that, that wall. Yeah, um, well, yeah. What were you doing? Yeah, so it was my first year. I would say I was twenty. First year at university. Um, Scotland game. Scotland England was actually the last day of first year. Um, so. I was a shambles for the first week of um, the tournament in particular. Um, yeah, very fond memories, some not so vivid memories. Um, but yeah, exactly that kind of same stage of life, really. Uh, completely irresponsible, kind of football on in the background. Um, yeah, it was grand. I was 15 and I could not wait for, for this tour right. again. It wasn't in my country, but it was, you know, on the doorstep as it as it was of course and just um that added bit of excitement i mean america had produced something very entertaining but it, it you know it did feel in hollywood it did feel um a million miles away really but uh yeah i could not wait for this to uh, start uh okay we will do the uh dear old draft just share the screen. There we go. And we can all see that's, you know, kosher and um, all good. I'm going to press the button. I did not fix this. Uh. <laughs> Me, Mike, Warrison, <laughs> and Rob. You can all see that. that. That's just technology, guys. That's that's just what happened. So um, myself, Mike, um, Jonathan, and Rob. Okay. Um, so, <clears throat> do you want to do formations or? We yes, we, we we will. Yeah, so that that's that's the draw. Now, now um, we know. Yeah. Now you know what you're what you're working with. <laughs> yeah, um, no. now, yeah. Or not. I mean, formations were. This this was the time of still of three five two. All the big clubs in the Champions League that season pretty much used it. Um, I thought it was a lot more common at this tournament than it than it actually mm. was. I think Germany pretty much the only ones who stuck with it for a very obvious reason that we'll probably come to very quickly. Um, England did use it a wee bit, but then they, they, they moved around. Czech Republic started, I think, maybe changed because of suspensions, perhaps. Um, Holland would have, what, 3-4-3? Diamonds, yeah. Yeah, France, 3-4-3-3. Portugal, that diamond, 4-4-2. Um, yeah. Croatia. Um, Croatia played it back. Yeah, but yeah, but you're right. A lot of teams kind of mixed and match. I will go with a back three. I'll go that that, that three five two. <laughs> if I, okay, um, Mike, 
Uh, I'm going to go with a 4-4-2, uh, but not an ecky thump straight lines 4-4-2. Yeah. I'm going to try and get a centre-back in there that can step into midfield and a, a striker that can drop off. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to talk like I'm some kind of you know tactical guru here. but <laughs> And this team's never going to play. But um, yeah, that's I, I think that's what I'll go for from uh, what I assume is going to be left after your uh, first pick. Mm. Jonathan? Mine will be 4-4-2 as well, although one player I picked spent most of his... One player I hope to pick anyway uh, spent most of his career as a wing-back, but I just don't really want five defenders in my team. So I'll go with plain old 4-4-2 myself as well. No problem. And Rob? Yeah, mine will be 4-3-3. Yeah, potentially kind of a bit like the France system, which was kind of a 4-3-2-1, but yes, a back four essentially, 4-3-3. Okay. Um, <laughs> Get on with it then. Well, I, I, I will pick. Pretty much universally regarded as the player of the tournament. Um, I will I will certainly choose him if that's okay. Um, so yeah, he would be my, my sweeper. Um, but seems I'm the only one using that. Um, Mike. Oh, right, I was hoping this choice would be made for me, actually. Um, oh, and well done for inviting a chronic overthinker to a draft, by the way. This could take about <laughs> uh, three hours to get through. Um, right, I've got to go for him, I suppose. Um, one man, one celebration, one medal. Uh, I'm going to go for Alan Shearer um, up front in my team. Uh, I mean, we all know, you know, top scorer in the tournament. Um, took during the tournament in matches and in shootouts, uh, three pretty nervous penalties as well. I love the brutality of his uh, and the precision of his finishes for the the goal against the Swiss and his second against the Dutch. They're both flying at the near post, high off the just quit the post on on the way in, and he was in that kind of zone of his uh, for between his two in- injuries in the nineties, I think ninety three and ninety seven. Yeah. Um, where he was just, you know, uh, phenomenal. And, you know, after this would go for a world transfer record and come second in the Ballon d'Or as well. So, yeah, I'll take Shearer. He's peak Shearer here, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. This is, yeah. yeah. As good as he ever was, I think. Yeah, I think so. Jonathan? Um, I'm going to go for Tony Adams, first of all. I, I wouldn't be Arsenal's biggest fan, to put it mildly, but I've always had a huge admiration for Adams. I think with the possible exception of Rio Ferdinand, He's the best central defender England have produced since Bobby Moore. Um, he had a very unfair sort of donkey reputation for a while when he was younger. He was caricatured with the endless hands up for offsides. Um, but at Euro 96, he, he really showed he'd learned the lessons of 88 where he was pitched in because Butcher was injured. In, in 96, he was an absolute rock in every game, especially the Spain game. I think he, he made one vital interception after another. He put in incredible tackles on people like Caminero and Alfonso. And he also even set up Shearer's goal against Germany. So, as good as Summer was, I think Tony Adams was marginally better in this tournament. Oh, there's a call, um, Rob. You have two by virtue of the fact that you, you you've you know, drawn the short straw here. My first pick will be Dieter Eilts, who um, was the best out of ball with a firefighter in the tournament. I thought. Um, I'm pretty sure it was the only time he ever played. He'd be like 31 at this point, playing for Bremen. But he's just his position. He's not just he had an amazing engine, but also his positional awareness was so good. 
um, there's a nice bit in the semi-final when Barry Davis is out yet again after his like umpteenth mm. interception. Um, I'm pretty sure they only considered one goal in open play when he was on the, or one goal, sorry, two goals. One would be the England set piece, and the other one was when um, Brent and Sam started playing silly buggers against Croatia because he went off halftime in the final. So he'd be my first mm. choice and second choice. I'll go for Karol Poborski, I think, um, who people probably remember for the scoop against Portugal. Fantastic goal, like fantastic piece of improvisation. But he also gave Maldini a chasing. Um, and he was actually more, um, I hadn't realised this. I was listening back to um, the retro football analysis, some of their podcasts in Euro 6, and I'd totally forgotten that Poborski was playing number 10 at times, slightly mm. number nine, I think, against Germany. But anyway, I mean, he just had a fantastic tournament. I think he made three of their goals, constant threat, won the penalty in the final. Um, so, yeah, he would be my other choice. Where's Poborski playing in your four? So he'll be wide right. No, yeah. it says 4-3-3. Three, three. He'll be wide right, but potentially kind of tucked in a bit, which is which he played at times, particularly against Portugal, I think, in the second half, which is why he ends up in the kind of inside left channel to score that absurd goal. Okay. Lovely. Um, back to you then, Jonathan. Okay, my second choice will be Paolo Nedved. Um, again, a player I've always admired. Um, I, th- I honestly believe he was the best attacking midfielder of his generation. Obviously, he was less skillful than someone like Zidane, but far, far more consistent. He was always trying to be involved, no let-up. He reminded me a bit of Diego Maradona in that way, it, the way he was always absolutely desperate to, to be involved in some way. Um, in mid '96, he wasn't yet a star, uh, but he he got noticed by he played for Sparta Prague against Galatasaray in the UEFA Cup in August '95, I think, and he mm. scored three over the two legs. Then he played well against Milan in a later round. So Lazio had their eye on him, and they signed him after Euro '96 was over. He had agreed to go to PSV, but Lazio uh, gazumped him. Uh, at '96, at Euro '96, he had a, a very spiky haircut instead of the sort of Hansel from Zoolander thing that he had. <laughs> Um, but even in 96, it was obvious he was going to achieve big things. He great technical ability, a fantastic work ethic. He's, um, along with probably Matthias and Buffon, he's probably one of the best players never to win a European Cup yeah. or Champions League. And it was depressing recently to see him dragged into that plus Valencia scandal with Juventus, where he had to resign from their board over transfer market double dealing. You would always have thought he was better than that. But um, yeah, an, an incredible player. He really was, um, and, and an introduction for many kind of casual fans, I suppose, that summer. Uh, Mike, who's joining Alan Shearer? Right, well, I'm going to take uh, a player I think was the best left-back in the tournament. Um, although he's... <laughs> uh, I'm going to take Christian Zieger. Uh, yeah. yeah, so, yeah, excellent tournament. Uh you know, scored a really nice goal against the Czechs, set up a goal in the final. And I think Paborski's two quietest games in the tournament were probably against Germany. Mm. They, were, they were both down um, Ziga's wing. But, uh, yeah, very sort of modern, dynamic attacking fullback. But, you know, unlike a lot of people that play fullback these days, could do the defensive, um, you know, remit as well. Could lock a winger up. Uh, perpetual motion, I think the, the best international tournament um i saw him play and um yeah i'm gonna uh, put him in on the left of my back four what happened to him because it looked like he'd just be a star for 10 years and just kind of be right never quite the same again was he 
Liverpool, he was okay. No, it's strange, but what it, uh, in this tournament, you it just looked like um, mm. you know the way what the the Welsh rugby team went from Barry John to Phil Bennett. They went from Andy <laughs> yeah. Bramer to Christian Zieger, and it just you know with, with virtually no drop off in in quality in this week. But yeah, very strange. It was strange right from the start though, Mike, wasn't it? Because he scored in that opening or their opening mm. game against the yeah, Czechs yeah. at Old Trafford, and it's just here immediately um, is is a player on song. Okay, um, I have two. I don't know when you were looking at players for this this draft, and, and it's all about positions, isn't it? Some positions are are quite heavily weighted. You will find someone decent. There's others that aren't overly brilliant. And I'll be honest, up front, especially if you've we've all well, most of us have got two up front, um, so it'd be kind of two strikers rather than Rob's kind of three. Um, there aren't many brilliant forwards i don't think who again this draft is based on what happened in that month in that that that, that summer of of 96 so i'm going to have to, to double dip and i have to go with two i'm going to go with davos Sucker, who was um just instantly comfortable at that level i know that the, the chip over schmeichel was that offside by the way i, I remember seeing that, that My, again. Was so many there are so many bad offside decisions in this tournament it's yeah. hilarious yeah um, but he was he was superb. The the, the goal against Germany and the, the, the quarters that that beautiful drag back. Um so that was a bit of an introduction. Um so he's he's the out and out goal scorer. You've got Shearer, there's maybe a couple of other out and out goal scorers. Um but you need someone, of course, to link that. So I'll go with um Teddy Sheringham, who was I thought outstanding in, in this particular tournament. Um Perhaps another kind of well, coming of age because he wasn't a, a youngster, but just in terms of announcing himself on a platform that he probably hadn't played before, and he would also go to Old Trafford soon after. So, my front two of um, Davos Shuker and Teddy Sheringham, I am quite happy with. Um, back to you, Mike. Hmm, right. Oh, hang on, is it? Oh, yes, it is, Mike. Sorry. Okay. I'm getting possessive. Is it on my pick yet, lads? You sure? Okay. I, in a tournament that wasn't overloaded with goals, I think it it barely averaged um, two a game. I think Um, I'm going to pin in another source of goals. Someone to play just in behind um, Shearer, uh, man close to your heart, I'm sure, Martin. I'm going to take Brian Loudrup, um, who did go out in the first round. But, uh, yeah, not not uh, well. Denmark went out in the first round, but not not through any fault of um, Brian Loudrup. He's got a beautiful goal in their first game where he walloped it inside the near post, and I was just uh, a you know two in the uh, final game of Turkey. Um, you know, constant threat had been you know superb at the European Championship four years earlier as well. Uh, hadn't scored in that, but um, mm. had been a very sort of talismanic presence in that. That Danish victory, um, yeah, I'm going to tuck him in behind uh, Shearer to complete my front two. Yeah, and he would see score quite a, a, a couple, maybe even maybe three at the World Cup two years later. He um, mm. very much enjoyed himself, but yeah, the, the, the Danes were quite up against it and quite able to, to to repeat their heroics. But yeah, Shearer and Loudrop that that in 1996 that is that's quite a combination as well, Jonathan. Um, well, I'm going to pick uh, Christoph Stoichkov up front. Uh, I'm sure you're all familiar with the... With the <laughs> sorry. 
<laughs> I'm sure you're all, you're all familiar with the phrase hate the sin and love the sinner, but with this guy, it's more like love the art but hate the artist. He was an absolutely repugnant character. Uh, he was mm -hmm. very violent on the field. He seemed really dislikable off it. He, was, he got a 10-game ban in Spain once for stamping on a referee's foot. And then much later in life, he was at Chicago Fire in MLS, and he almost split a college kid in half and wouldn't apologise for it. So he was going into this tournament uh, on the back of a bad season. Um, he'd gone to Parma on loan because uh, things were falling apart at Barcelona, and he was terrible there. So he, he scored about five goals, I think, in Serie A. But in Euro 96, despite um, an absolutely vile episode, which we'll get to in one second, uh, he was great. He scored in all Bulgaria's games and he had an amazing goal disallowed wrongly for an offside against yeah. Spain. It was a, a volley from a long pass that dropped over amazing his shoulder. Goal, he was barely looking at it and he just thrashed it on the volley into the top corner. And he wasn't offside, but it was it was flagged anyway. Um, he scored a penalty later in that game. He then, against Romania, he got the only goal by just darting okay. straight at the heart of their defence. And... Uh, in, against France, uh, when Bulgaria lost 3-1, he whipped in a superb free kick. Nice. So a bit like, bit like Jean-Pierre Papin in 92, he was lethal in, in a very average team. But in that French game, uh, he was being marked by Marcel Desailly, and he came out with a vile uh, diatribe uh, shouting at Desailly about shitty blacks at Ghana, Desailly's homeland being a shitty country and all this kind of stuff. And his defence was, oh, it's normal, it happens all over the pitch. He would, he would have been hung, drawn and quartered today mm. on social media, and he would have fully deserved it. But he didn't even get a ban for this. Uh, but three goals in three games, uh, you know, you can't argue with that, really. No, a wee bit loud up. Um, not his fault that um, the, the, the tournament uh, the tournament ended early. Uh, Rob, you've got the double dunt. Who's going to join? Okay. Yeah, I was, I was hoping for Stoichkov, but there you go. I'll pick, instead of him, I'll pick Yuri Zhorkaev as the other kind mm. of number 10 roving mm. left winger. Which is kind of where he played. They played that kind of four-three-two-one with him and Zidane. Um, Djokovic kind of outshone Zidane, really. Um, I think he got three assists the most in the tournament, mm. with Carol Poporski. Someone should pick him as well. Um, albeit mainly from set pieces, but that's kind of an important part of it. He scores a lovely goal against Spain. Just a kind of real unobtrusive class to it. Um, ping the bar from long range against the Czech Republic in the semi-final, which is about the only thing that happened in normal time. Um, yeah, just a really good player. I think he finished in the top 10 in the Ballon d'Or that year. Certainly, as, as, like, for the rest of his career, be overshadowed by Zidane. But um, <clears throat> in that tournament, he was definitely France's best creative player and arguably the tournament's most creative player, I would, would say. So, yes, I would have him. Uh, and then, who else? Right. Um, I'm going to go for... Sergi at left back, I think. Um, mainly because of the England game, but not just the England game. I mean, he was just, I mean, he did play as a wing back, but I think, you know, I'm sure he yeah, back for Barcelona. Um, just, just very, very good going forward. Both sides could come inside and outside. I mean, he was so effective in the first half against England that they had to change their whole tactics purely because of him. Um, they pushed Neville into midfield. Um, Neville then stopped basically booting him straight up in the air, got booked, missed the semi-final. Um, just thought he was really good. I think he makes at least one of Spain's goals and he's involved in another, just a classic kind of attacking left-back um, at the peak of his game. So, yeah, i pick him. Magic. Jonathan. Well, I was going to pick Sergio myself, but Rob has uh, got in there quicker. So I'm going to go with Stuart Pearce. Now, I don't particularly like Stuart Pearce as a character. 
Um, there's something about him I just running theme. You. <laughs> I'm thinking a, a selection of uh, unappealing people. No, um, I, I have to give it to him. He's a very good Euro '96. Obviously, everyone remembers the penalty he smacked home against Spain, but he was excellent as well against the Germans in the semi-final. There was one moment early on where he um, he upended one of the German fours. It might even have been uh, might even have been Ziga. No, actually, they would have been on opposite flanks. I'm trying to remember who it was. Uh, but he thundered into him completely legally um, and then just basically threw the German body off him to get up and stood over him snarling. And uh, it was it was sort of the acme of Pierce all distilled into about five seconds. And he and he did have a good tournament. Uh, he, he was dreadful in the first match against uh, Switzerland, but he improved leaps and bounds after that. And I think he would have been fairly old by then, wouldn't he? He was about 34 or something, wasn't he? Mm. Yeah, yeah, 34, yeah. He was very smart. So he managed to dredge... Uh, one last mighty effort out of himself for that tournament. So I'll go with Stuart Pearce. No, it's funny how um, it's funny how life works out actually. In that he was uh, subbed at half time in that Scotland game for mm. Jamie Redknapp, and had Redknapp not not got injured at the end of that game, we might never mm. have seen Pearce again. He might not have had mm. the redemptive, you know, penalties and all of that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, little and butterfly course- wings at the moment. And he only got in because Lasso broke his leg as well. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I agree. He had a great tournament. Yeah. I, I've never been hugely patriotic about the England national team, but the moment when he called his first penalties, yeah, it's fantastic. That's a human story, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, Lasso exactly. would have been the, the, the first choice in the, but the, the Umbro Cup the, the year before. Um, mm. So, yeah. yeah. Mike, if it, who's joining Ziga, Shira, and Lodrup? Right. Um, I'm going to go for Paul Ince, I think. Um, as my holding midfield player. Um, it is a bit of a cliche, but you can tell a lot about the value of players when they aren't there. Uh, so when he was suspended for that Spain game, um, mm-hmm. I mean, the Spanish just made mints out of England that day, particularly in um, midfield. I've never, uh, David Platt just seemed to fossilise so quickly in that tournament, um, you know, from what, he'd, from what he'd been um, only about a year before. But um yeah, I thought he had you know some criticism at the end of the tournament for you know sitting with his back to the penalties, um, and not going forward and taking one and you know letting Southgate go up. But um, you know in the games, um, I, I thought he was a superb friend, particularly and it, it never really gets mentioned in the uh, very celebrated four-one uh, victory. He, he does a great turn in that game, just kind of like. They didn't keep the Dutch completely under control, but he he while while everything was going off around him, I thought Ince, um I, I thought he had a really good game there. Uh, I was very good in the semi-final as well, actually. So uh, yeah, I'm going to put uh, Paul Ince in. Okay, when you said Paul, there my heart sank. Um, but thankfully, you didn't complete the name. I thought you were going to um, say. I can't believe he's not even mentioned. Um, and I'm going to have to just because of the 15 year old. <laughs> Me at that time, and it has to be Gascoigne. Um, we'll come to assess the teams in a minute, and because there's such a concentration around, you know, four games, five games, this this really mega intense um, tournament kind of conditions, there will always be something um, that would be a drawback. And um, you know, certainly Gascoigne was, was was fortunate in a couple of games. His Tactical and discipline, perhaps against Switzerland, was was maybe why um, other England players perhaps didn't look great. But when he was on, he was on, and um, obviously the, the, 
the goal of the tournament, probably. Double Shooker may disagree. Um, and he was um, instrumental in the, 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 the Dutch win as well. Um, and sliding door moments, um, my word. Um, there's one there for, for him. So, yeah, it has to be Gascoigne um, in there. Um, probably do need to fill this midfield while I have two shots. Maybe something a wee bit more... Um, Defensive, then uh, I'll go for Christian Carambo, who was very much um, highly thought of at that time. Um, playing for Real Madrid at that moment, I think so. No, yeah. pretty close after. I think he just won the league with Nantes, uh, then I think he went to Sampdoria. Now, I could be wrong about that, but I, I think yeah, that's maybe, what happened. Maybe ended up there after, uh, but yeah, I'll go, I'll go Carambo, um, at the uh, Heart of midfield, so yeah, Carambo and Gascoigne with Samar and Shukar and Sheringham. Um, Mike. Okay. Um, right, I've got to address the heart of defence, I think. Uh, I'm going to take Thomas Helmer, uh, another German in my back four. Um, thought he had a cracking tournament when he came in. Uh I think 31, 32 by this point, but just a very sort of steady hand on the tiller. Got forward a lot as well. Um, notably against England in that semi-final, he's the one that gets in the box and uh, slides the ball across for Kunz to equalise. Also, you know, puts that, in a... That's offside as well. Hmm. Helm was offside in the build-up to the goal. Not that I'm, yeah, it's you know, tight, just isn't interesting it? How many, yeah, it's just, just interesting how many offsides that we now kind of conditioned by VAR to immediately... Anyway... Yeah, I remember Gascoigne throwing his hand up for it, um, yeah. yeah, and it not being given. But um, yeah, still doesn't uh, excuse Stuart <laughs> Pearce not, not picking him up at the back post. But um, yeah, I think um, Helmer for me, and particularly holding it together as well when that um, that German squad they were just dropping like flies through the tournament yeah. Um, yeah. With, with injury and suspension uh, to the point where I think they made outfield shirts for their two reserve goalkeepers for that final they were they were running so so yeah. low on players um so yeah thomas helmer for me center back so christian Ziga, thomas helmer paulins alan shearer brian loudrup for mike uh jonathan your fifth choice i'm gonna go for andy muller the old um enfant terrible of german football he was perennially falling out with teammates and managers um he played in three World Cups and two Euros, but 96 was the only one where he really genuinely looked the part. He was 28 and at his peak, and he'd come home from a quite a good spell in Serie A with Juventus, even though there was huge turbulence there from 92 to 94 when he was there. He did very well. He acquitted himself really well. Um, at, at Euro 96, he scored against the Czechs. It was a weird one because the Germans scored two goals within about five minutes of each other, and they were both absolute carbon copies yeah. of each other. Like, just... It, it was something faintly supernatural about it. Mm. He and Ziga both cut in from the left, dodged Cadlets and stroked a low shot past Petr Kuba uh, into the, the near corner. Um, so he scored in that game and he was very impressive in all Germany's other games. A bit like Nedved, he was energetic and good on the ball and he was easily their best player against England and that was saying something because they all played well that night. Um, everyone remembers the penalty with the strutting celebration but he has since said that he was sending himself up because he had a reputation for arrogance. Uh, he was he was one of these FC Hollywood type characters, even though he never actually played for Bayern. Um, but he was he was excellent that night. I, I watched the whole game a while back for the Euro Summit. 
and uh, I was taken aback by how how impressive he was. So he's my pick. He got such a harsh booking as well to miss that final. It's, he did, uh, and he reacted so well to it. He just got his yeah. head back that he didn't he didn't whinge or suck. He would have earlier in his career, but he didn't there. Yeah. I know that's still a choice. Okay, Rob, um, you've got a double. Yes, so I'll start with David Seaman. Um, I thought lots of really good keeps in the tournament. Kotka, Lama, Andy Gorham actually had a very good tournament. Mm. Zibazaretta. But I just think Seaman made pretty much every game made a vital save at a vital time. Uh, just to get a lovely kind of aura and assurance about it. But it's kind of something that when I think it's Manhuri runs through in the just for half time in the Spain game. Seaman comes out of his area. Manjuri just shits himself. I don't know whether that's because of Seaman or not, I don't know. But um, I says, I mean, he did have an aura during the tournament, I think. Penalties aside, I know he saved one. But um, yeah, I just thought, I mean, he's always been a slightly underrated keeper because of, he's got a bizarrely brilliant portfolio of howlers or great goals scored against yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. not apply this tournament, but I just thought, yeah, I thought in many ways, I mean, I know Shearer scored five goals, but in some ways, you could argue he was in his best player. I certainly think he was best keeper in the tournament. Um, and let me think about this now. Central midfield. Uh, I'll pick Rui Costa as well to play uh, as a kind of, yeah, I'm going to have like a, a midfield in modern parlance, a six and eight and a 10, and he'd be the 10. Um, yeah, Portugal, you know, the whole line about sexy football with Portugal the way he played. Beautiful passing team. Um, he was central for everything, a bit like how Jorko would subsequently be overshadowed by Zidane. Same was true with Costa and Figo, but in this tournament, he was their best player, I think. Um, do everything really in attack, could dribble, pass, score. I mean, there's so many bits of one. I think it's against Turkey when he just he's boxed it on the right before you know it, he's away from a guy, gives Sapinto an open goal, which in the kind of tradition to Portugal in the tournament, Sapinto misses. Um, but that's not really Costa's fault. I thought he was. Yeah, again, just one of the most creative players in the tournament and probably, I don't know if it was the best tournament he had, but anyway, he was right yeah, there, probably. I think. Euro 2000, maybe. Attacking midfielders. Well, yeah, no, four maybe as well. But yeah, no, no, I would definitely have him. Yeah, it's a great choice. Jonathan, what dreadful human being do you have next? <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually have next uh, a guy who maybe some listeners won't have heard of. He, he's actually dead now. He, he died very young, about 10 years ago, sadly. His name was Ilyat Simbalar. He played on the left for Russia. Oh. Although Russia had a bad tournament, he was very good. He scored a lovely goal against um, Italy. He beat Angelo Peruzzi at his near post. Mm. Um, he had a great game against the Germans at Old Trafford as well a few days later. But unfortunately, at nil all, he missed a very good chance. And I think um, that was on the stroke of halftime. And Germany scored three in the second half. But he was a, he was a really small kind of, kind of guy and slight. Um, he died of a heart condition or something in 2013. Uh, he was he was just always one of these little live wire players. Um, he was like a short version of Martin Petrov, who later played for Man City. I love wingers like that who who, who are endlessly seeking the ball. They don't you know turn inside all the time, Jaden Sancho style. They they try and beat men. They try and make something happen. And Simbala was a really good little player. And um, as I said, sadly no longer with us. But uh, he was very good for Spartak Moscow in a lot of Champions League games as well. Uh, he was one of these guys never moved abroad. I don't think he, he stayed with. Mm. Moscow till the end of his career, so that's uh, that's who I'm picking on my left hand side. No problem, thank you very much. Back to you, Mike. 
Right. I need a bit of width, I think. Um, so I, I'm going to take Figo, I think, uh, who, who I share a birthday with and very little else. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, scores a nice goal in this tournament. You know, not Figo as we would uh, uh, come to know him in, the, in his uh, having pig heads thrown at him pump. But uh, a really promising tournament, I think, here for a Portugal team. You would kind of see the full flowering of four years later uh, at Euro 2000. But there are, the, the sort of green shoots of promise in that team. Uh, we're all here, I think. Um, and yeah, you can you could tell with him, you know, he, he was destined to be a great player. I think and he, he, he did have a good tournament here. As I say, he tucked in a nice goal early on. Um Sort of balance that sort of Portuguese midfield and attack really well from a wide area. Uh, it's just a shame they didn't have any um, prolific strikers in the middle for him to work with at the time. Mm. They're a bit uh, sort of shot shy in this tournament, but uh, yeah, I'm going to go for uh, Figo. Uh, I'm going to station him uh, on the left. Okay. Um, okay. I'll try and finish this midfield then before I start to work back. Um, didn't actually start many games, but it was an impact player. We all need one. Someone here's for a, a, a good time, not a long time, perhaps. And that's Patrick Berger. Um, Czech Republic. Um, always likely to pop up, scored in the, the final, of course. But yeah, always a, a useful player for um, them to bring in. And... Um, who can play alongside Sama? I mean, I I just have this um, envy of of anyone with hair, and no one had better hair than Fernando Couto, so I'll stick oh. him alongside uh, Matthias Sama. So I've got Couto, Sama, Carambo, Gascoigne, Berger, and Sukar and Sheringham up front. Back to you, Michael. Okay. Um... Right, I think I'm going to complete my uh, centre-half pairing, I think. Um, I think, as I said at the top, I need someone who can step into midfield a bit as well. And this is one of the reasons he came into the England squad um, in the season before the Championship uh, and was picked by Venables from... Uh, well, when he was at Palace originally, I think, and then uh, when he was at Villa, uh, I'm going to take Gareth Southgate, who I think when once you take all the uh, you know the psychodrama of his his penalty out of the uh, out of the whole narrative, uh, mm. did have an excellent tournament for England. I think uh, complemented Adams really well, improved through the tournament. I think uh, particularly in the um, in the the four one win over the. Netherlands was very comfortable on the ball. Um, you know, in the Scotland game stepped into midfield uh, very well as well. Um, and yeah, will always be remembered and synonymous with the uh, the oh no moment from Barry Davis. But uh, that shouldn't colour the whole tournament he had, I think, because I, you know, I think he was very good indeed. And uh, until that moment, was one of the kind of breakthrough players. If they had a cap, had he four or five yeah. caps for the tournament? Is that right? Yeah, I think the One Bulgaria game, he, yeah, had his first cap, and then yeah, it was, it was Brian Little that converted him 
because he was a midfielder at Paris, wasn't he? And then mm -hmm. he, uh, they put them in the back three and then uh, they just transformed him. He's the one who scores the equaliser and then I counted our kicks that mm. prick in the crowd. <laughs> Playing in midfield, obviously. Yeah. Oh, uh, another fair shout there. So, um, Helmer and Southgate at the heart of your, your defence. Uh, Mike, Jonathan, you have um, one forward, three midfielders, a left back and a centre back. Uh, I'm going to complete my midfield. I'm going to go for Roberto Donadoni. I know Italy went out, but the standard, of, certainly the, the quality of opposition in their group was so high that it was no real disgrace, even though Arrigo Saki did ultimately have to carry the can for it. Um, Donadoni, uh, he was one of these guys he could play on either flank or he could play even in the centre. And he spent a bit of his time in the centre for Italy in this tournament. But he was on the right a lot as well, so that's where I'm going to pick him. Um, he, I remember him being excellent in the nil-all against Germany. Uh, Italy tried to break the door down all night but couldn't score. Uh, Kupka was punching everything that came at him. But I remember Donadoni being Italy's best player on the night. And uh, he came on against Russia as well to give Maldini a hand uh, against Kanchelska. Maldini, uh, for some reason, had a shocking tournament. Uh, maybe we can go into it later it's on. In the team of the tournament. I know. I don't... Um, I think it was Rob had maybe mentioned that, that Poboski gave him an absolute hiding in that. that, oh, that was, the, the man has a family, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, <laughs> it, was just, it was just, I don't know what, maybe there was something playing on Maldini's mind before the tournament or something, I don't know, but he was absolutely appalling. And he was appalling in two games and he was, wasn't much better in the other one. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I'm going to go with Donadoni. Uh, he was a class act all round. And uh, yeah, he'll complete my midfield, I think. Was he um, playing in America by that point? Had he already gone? To... I think he may have just gone there like weeks earlier or something. Yeah, I think, but it certainly it didn't. Uh... Quite close. Yeah, I'm sure Italy yeah. had a policy at the time where you, if you weren't playing in Serie A, you weren't getting chosen. And I'm not sure if that was still in existence in '96, but I think it was pretty quickly after that. Yeah, Rob, you're back with us, um, and you've okay. Okay, first one, uh, apologies if I mispronounce this, uh, Alyosa Asanovic of Croatia. Uh, beautiful left foot. I think was better than Boban and Prozanetsky in this tournament, obviously not over his career. Um, two passes in particular. There's a gorgeous reverse pass that leads to Vlajevic's goal against Turkey. Then he plays a big, long diagonal that leads to Shuka's famous chip against um, uh, over Schmeichel, yeah. But I just... Uh, so he'd be the kind of left-sided central midfielder. So it'd be like a modern midfielder, six and eight out of ten, really. Ielts, Sanovic slightly left, Costa slightly right further forward. I quite like the balance of a left-footer, but also just so he had a very good tournament. I think at that point he'd played most of his career in France, a bit with Heidek Split. He obviously then, Derby signed him for a year. Mm. Um, and then I think he went to Napoli, maybe. Um, played pretty well in 98 from memory, but in 96, thought he was really good. Um so that leaves three defenders and a centre forward, doesn't it? Um, so I'll go centre back. I will pick Laurent Blanc. Um, this is obviously pre his comedy days mm. at United. The quickest side on that. Do you remember when the papers made a big thing about United had lost to Bolton, Liverpool, Arsenal, Newcastle, Chelsea, and it spelt Blanc? He didn't play in two of the games. I only realised. Ah, who's good? I get in the way. What the fuck's that got to do with anything? Um, but anyway, yes, this was him. He's probably his best, I think, along with Nigeria. This is the start, obviously, of the great French defence. In this tournament, he's the only one who plays 
the entire tournament in defence because the two fullbacks play most of the games, but not all of them. And Desai plays in midfield in the semi because Deschamps suspended. Uh, Blog also scores against Bulgaria, scores a winning penalty against Holland, but ultimately it's just that great defence. I mean, they can see when he's, I think they can see one goal from open play in eight and a half hours when he's on the field. Mm. Um, now, clearly it's not just him, um, but he was, yeah, he's just a fantastic player. And yeah, I kind of thought I would never, You would. I, I thought if I got Samba, then you wouldn't necessarily want him, but he plays at a back four, but also kind of had the quality of a sweeper as well. So it gives you the best of both worlds. So yes, that's my other choice. Very good. So you have David Seaman in goal. Uh, you have Sergi at left back, and you have one centre back at the moment, uh, Lauren Blanc. Uh, Ailts, Ray Costa, and Asanovic in the middle, and Jorkaev and Poborski, um up front at the moment. Um, Jonathan, you need a goalkeeper, a right back, a centre back, and a striker. Okay, well, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, I'll start with my centre back. I'll go for Miroslav Kadlets, who. Um, yeah. Had a real baptism of fire in the tournament by it was him that was done twice by Siga and Muller in the first game at Old Trafford. Uh, but he improved quite a bit after that. He basically held their entire defence together by the end when it was held together with string and tape. He was playing beside Carol Rada in the semi-final, who only had about three mm-hmm. caps. I think the Czechs were so strapped for players by that stage that one young lad came on called Martin Kotulek, who was making his international debut. So that's how that's how bad it got for them. Um yeah, he he um he was very solid. He wasn't the quickest, obviously, but he was a very wholehearted and uh, uh, brave kind of player. And he got the it was him it was to him that the uh, the winning penalty against uh, France fell. He was so uh, wrapped up in the occasion that he came up, and uh, I think what was it he did? He I think he took it and scored, and then thought he had to take another one for some unfathomable reason. <laughs> and he had to be reminded. That he's won. Didn't Lubos the... Kubik? Lubos Kubik tried no, to take sorry, a second yes, penalty, you're right, you're right, which is true. amazing. Well, I'm just lo- I'm just looking at it here on online, and uh, well, the, the stats anyway. And apparently, Kubik took the first penalty. Mm. Uh, so I think what happened was he came up to take the sixth one and had yes. to be ushered away. Yeah, and that's right. Padlets, who didn't want to take one, uh, came up looking very sheepish, scored his penalty anyway. And apparently, he's never watched it to this day, um, for for some reason. Uh, but yeah, uh, Cadlet's not not one of the greats, but probably occupies a really special place in Czech football history. Um, uh, certainly, captain material, if nothing else. Another solid choice, Mike. You the goalkeeper, right back. Um, I think another mid, another couple of midfielders. I think. Uh, yeah, I do. I'm, I'm devastated by that Asanovic pick. Um, I was just mm. I was waiting for him to. I was just getting him drop, 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 thinking I'll get him in like round seven or something. Uh, <laughs> I'm really gutted, Rob. So You're welcome. Uh, got in there and taken him. Uh, but I'm uh, I'm going to take his uh, his running mate alongside him. I'm going to take Zvonimir Boban um, uh, to complete my um, midfield. Uh, Popped in a nice goal against Denmark, the second goal uh, on the half volley of some nice cross by uh, Suka. And yeah, but you know, had a uh, a good tournament, I think. Um, uh, just a shame that uh, Croatia, the well, first two games, I thought, you know, they were superb. But then uh, the, the decision to rest all those players against Portugal, I think, uh, wasn't the wisest one. 
uh, in the world, I don't think. And then they got drawn into this kicking match with Germany where um, they sort of lost their heads and lost their, a game that was em- eminently win- winnable for them, I think. Um, they wouldn't make that mistake two years later in France, obviously. But yeah, uh, yeah. so um, yeah, I'm going to take uh, Boban, please. Is he playing in the middle with Ince then, is he? Or is he out wide? Uh, yeah, so yeah. So you still need another wider player, um, a right back and a goalkeeper. I need a goalkeeper, um, so I'll choose Andrus Kipka then, since no one has bothered before. There's quite a few goalies, I can understand why I don't think there's been any huge rush to to fill that position, there's a decent um, amount of options available, um, but yeah, he was he was very solid. Um, I think I'll stay Germany uh, and I'll go with Marcus Babel um, to come in beside Kuto and Sama. So that will be my defence. Complete on oh, my, my back three. Um, complete. Back to you, Mike. Um, okay, well, I'm going to complete my midfield here, I think. Um, and as Alex Ferguson did that, so I'm going to pick uh, Jordi Cruyff. I don't think we've had a Dutch player yet, have we? Uh, oh, yeah, finalists, yeah. and um, no one's picked them yet. Um, yeah, lovely go against the Swiss. Um, you know, I'll, I'll play him on the right wing here, but I think he played sort of, yeah, occasionally right of a four in midfield or on the the right of a front uh, three. But uh, you know, very talented lad. Lives under the albatross of his dad's name. You know, like Yanis Hadji or <laughs> Paul Dalglish or someone, but. No, never going to be Johan, obviously, but um, showed enough promise in this tournament, I think. Um, and, you know, I'd had a good few years with Barcelona beforehand as well. Um, and another one that was strange after this tournament, really, that I, I, after having seen him at that, I was expecting bigger things from him, certainly when he came to United, but um, mm. a bit a bit of a kind of damp firework. He never kind of really went off, but uh, good enough in Euro 96 to get in my, my Absolutely. Team. Yeah. It's been so difficult to live under that, uh, that 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 shadow. I once bumped into Yanis Hadji and his dad in Sainsbury's just before Christmas last year. Far more <laughs> excited um, about his dad than uh, I, I was about Yanis, it must be said. Um, yeah, I'm, not, I'm not putting the photo. It's, no. it's brilliant. Uh, <laughs> um, Fucking Georgie Hadji in Sainsbury's on a Sunday morning. For just time. kicking about it's in his trackies. Yeah. Um, Jonathan, please. Okay, I'm going to pick my right back and I'm going to go for Lilian Turam. Uh, now, obviously, watching France in this tournament was like doing penance, but uh, Thuram, was only, Thuram was only 24, I think. Uh, he'd had a good season for a couple of good seasons in the Champions League for Monaco at this stage. And uh, they used him as right back in all the games except the second one against Spain. I think he only came on as a sub, but uh, he was really steady, very calm. Okay, you might say it's it's easy for a defender to look good in such a defensive team overall, but. Um, it was already obvious by that stage. Now, obviously, he went to another level at France 98, where he was arguably the player of the tournament. Forget Zidane. Uh, but yeah, in, in all France's games, okay, they, they sat back a lot uh, at, at 96, I should say. Uh, but um, no, I was even back then, he already looked pretty good. And it was obvious he was going to grow into something special. I think uh, I think that was the summer he joined Parma. And uh, obviously, playing in Italy, he would have improved leaps and bounds even even more so. Uh, so I'll go for Lillian Turam right back. 
a solid choice once again. Um, so you have no goalkeeper at the minute. Uh, Lillian Tulam, Adams, Cadlick, and Pierce as your back four. Um, Moller, Donadoni, Nedved, and Zimbala um, across your middle with Stoichkov, the only striker at the moment. So two positions to fill. Uh, Rob, you have um, a few positions to fill, but you have two goals at it just now. You need a right back. Um Another centre back and a striker. Yeah, so um, Marcel Desai because he's Marcel Desai. Uh, not much to say really. Just same thing, part of a great defence. He actually, like I said, he played in midfield in the semis because Deschamps suspended and he was very good in that game. I mean, even by that stage, we'd obviously seen him in Serie A for a few years playing both midfield and centre back, and just was obviously a fantastic player here. Like all the great players in this tournament, it's interesting. Pretty much all of them have at least one dodgy moment, and he gets away with handball mm. just inside the area against the Netherlands, which would have been like a penalty in about the 80th minute. Um, I don't know why I'm highlighting his only fuck up. Um, and <laughs> forward, forward would be Pierluigi Casaraghi, who I'll be honest, I never really rated that much, but except in this tournament, I just thought he was rampant. Um, yeah. scores two really good goals against Russia, really emphatic. Um, Wins a penalty against Germany that Zola misses. Even against Czechoslovakia, when obviously they're down to 10 men and struggling, he comes on and just grabs it. Now he does again. He misses a great late chance, which he makes himself with a brilliant piece of chest control at Romford's defender. But even then he comes on and he's just I, I like I'd never I'd never seen him probably before or after he played that well. Um and he's playing under quite a lot of pressure because Signori wasn't even in the squad, who was the kind of serial Serie A top scorer. Because Saki wanted him, I think, to play left wing like he had in USN 84, and he wouldn't. You've also got um, Chiesa, who came in actually for the second game and played really well, scored a nice goal. Um, but Kazuragi at that point was the first choice number nine and completely justified it as well. I think Italy were an interesting team, actually, because I think a lot of them did play really well. They're the one team who gave Germany a bit of a chasing. Um, mm. And obviously, that's partly circumstantial because Germany, you know, where draw was fired and Italy had the score. But yeah, they, they were pretty unlucky. Even Saki gets a lot of stick, which I understand. But ultimately, if Apollonia isn't a moron, ploughing through, I think it's Kuka, um, before mm. half time, then they, you know, they'd probably go through comfortably. But yeah, I just thought Kazarado was really good. I mean, there's just, yeah, there's something so infectious about watching a forward who just thinks, I'm fucking having this. And Shearer obviously mm. had that quality as well um, for a longer period. But yeah, uh, Kazaragi, given that Shearer and Shuko have gone, um, with an honourable mention for... Kuka, Turkey Maz, Beerhoff because he won it, even though he hardly played, but he won the tournament. But yes, Kazaragi be my centre forward. I think there's another obvious one that isn't being used, but um, maybe Jonathan will use it. Striker or goalkeeper? Um, I'll leave the goalkeeper for now. I'm going to pick my second striker, and uh, I'm going to go for Stefan Kuntz primarily because <laughs> because he was Germany's lucky charm. He played. He got 25 caps for them. And never once did he finish on the losing side. And apparently, it's the German record. Um, I was impressed with him when he, when he played against England. Like he, he obviously he was hardly one of the all-time greats, but he gave it socks. He he threw himself into. He scored a nice finish. Okay, there's a hint of offside, as Rob I think mentioned earlier on. Um, but he was he was one of those guys. He was probably like about the fifth choice striker for Germany that year. Uh, but he still inserted himself into the story uh, in a mm. in a totally memorable way, and. Um, Obviously, he was the butt of lots of stupid jokes by David Baddiel and Frank Skinner, but that's hardly his fault. Um, so yeah, for a sort of a little wild card pick, I'll throw him in. 
uh, as I say, 25 caps without defeats. That's yeah, he must yeah. have something. One small, one small thing about him. If you ever did a list of the greatest penalties, where you know if you're going to miss, your team are out. He's against yeah. Stevens up there. It's fantastic. Tied to Stevens left, I think. It's the nerve to do that. The nerve, particularly to go high under yeah. that pressure. Um, yeah. I so, actually just. It's worth saying that their, their story sent forward is quite interesting, isn't it? Because Klinsman was obviously on off, suspended, then injured. I think Bobic got injured, so Kunz came in. Bierhoff hardly played. Good, really, I don't think. Yeah. Bierhoff hardly played, but then wins the tournament. It kind of summed up their whole tournament, really, because like they yeah. probably had four or five regulars, but they just kind mm. of, yeah, battled through and won it deservedly. Is it Kunz's header that's um, disallowed in Golden Goal yes. at the time? That's right, yes. Yeah. In fact, that is, isn't it? I'm still not sure about that. Um, I did. I've, I've looked at it a good few times on 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 DVD and that, and there seems to be nothing wrong with it. I mean, it's not um, a push, but I can't see anything. No, no, I can't see a foul there. Strange. Yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, Mike, is it going to be goalkeeper or right back? Um. Okay, I'm going to peg my right back in here now. I think. Um, So we've only had one so far. Okay, I I'm gonna go all Dutch down the right. I think I'm gonna go for Michael Reisiger. Wow. Who, uh, if you actually, it's hard to take the four one out of the uh, the tournament. <laughs> it's the thing they're most famous for. But the Dutch uh, kept three quite comfortable queen sheets um, in the tournament outside of yeah. uh, you know going under four one at Wembley. Uh, and I always really liked him, particularly when he was at Ajax and early on with uh, Barcelona. Um, sort of, you know, excellent modern attacking, you know, technically adroit, uh, you know, quick uh, left back, uh, sorry, right back. And um, yeah, he'll complete my uh, right side. I think I'll go for Reisiger. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I've got my wing backs to choose from I could go very German here but no I I think Gary Neville was good I know he didn't play wing back but well he did in an in, in occasion especially when he he popped up with a um a decisive moment so I, I'll I'll go with Neville could have gone Reuter but I'll give Rob that option do you um, know what's interesting very, about very Neville's, Neville's cross for Shearer yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter. But you can play it. But he's actually uh, when he does that, he's the right centre back. Yeah. By that point, well. three in defence. No, I mean, I'm not saying like he's not couldn't play wing back, but it makes it even more impressive in a way. That he's yeah. the right centre back and getting that far forward and going across it like that. I thought he was good throughout the the tournament. Again, just one of these well, introductions to that that that, that kind of stage. Um, his uh, his crossing actually is, I, I think, is. Brilliant and very underrated. I think because he played yeah. a lot of this, a lot of his career down the same side as Beckham. Yeah. Um, it got overshadowed by all the you know the, the celebrity in the position ahead of him. But uh, as an overlapping fullback and a crosser of a ball, um, I thought he was superb. So that leaves me on my left side. Um, I, I could go the more eye-catching name, although I that's a World Cup 98 thing in, in terms of Lizarazu, who didn't start the tournament. I think he came in for Demeco, um, maybe through the group stage. Um, I'll go for Yarny because I need, I need some, another bit of Croatia in there because they, as a 15 year old, again, they were the exciting team, um, color and technique and, and, and everything you can want. So I'll, I'll go for, I'll go for Yarny at, uh, 
left wing back. And that is my team complete. Andres Kipka, um, Gary Neville, Fernando Couto, Matthias Samuel, Marcus Babel, Robert Yarney, Cannonball, Gascoigne, Berger, and Shuker and Sheringham. Um, I'm okay with that, I think. Mike, who's in goals? Right. Well, this is a choice of three, I think. Um, yeah. I'd say you can't, I can't even flip a coin, can I? Um, right. Uh, I'm going to take Zuba Zerata, I think. Uh, I mean, yeah, we all know enough about him. Actually, but, but quite good in the England game, I think. Um, he, he makes one really brilliant save from Shearer. I think it's in the first three minutes when, you know, Wembley's still full of all the euphoria of what had happened mm. on the uh, the Tuesday night. Uh, really good save. It's front post to turn it around. And, uh, yeah, just, I mean, a top-quality international goalkeeper for a decade and change, whatever it was. So, uh, yeah, I'll go for Zuba Zaretta. Staying with goalkeepers then, Jonathan? I'm going to go for um, <clears throat> Angelo Peruzzi of Italy, who was a keeper I always liked. He was very calm. There was never any histrionics out of him. He was uh, an excellent shot stopper. He was also very bulky, uh, which obviously would not be ideal for a forward when he's bearing down on you. And I'm putting him in here because um, it's kind of forgotten now, but the Czechs uh, murdered Italy on the break in the final stages, that fantastic first-round game. And I think Peruzzi pulled off at least three excellent saves from people like Schmitzer and Poborski. When they were cleaned through, they kept Italy in it to the end, and then Casaraghi missed the equaliser at the very end. Um, so yeah, uh, I, I remember even making a couple of good stops against Russia as well. So um, I'll put him in. He'll be my pick for goalkeeper. So that's me finished. Okay. Um, and Rob, the final choice of this Euro '96 draft, we need uh, a right back. Yeah, you tell me. Um, yeah, so I'll pick. Carlos Secretario, Portugal, who I think he played the last two games, um, but was pretty good. I've got a vague memory of him being very good going forward. I think he makes a goal against Croatia. I think it might be that nice goal that Figo scores when he's basically the first few minutes in the team. Um, I'll be honest, my memory of him isn't that vivid, but I just remember <laughs> at the time reading and thinking he was he was pretty good. And I would I would say right back is possibly the weakest area in the tournament. Um and I'm not selling this very well, but um, yeah. He got a move oh. to Real Madrid off the back of this tournament. Yeah. And his yeah. season report. It didn't work out at Real Madrid, but you know, he must have done something right. So, yes. Okay. So, I'll stay with you, Rob, because this is where we, we throw in the wild card, where if there's someone we've forgotten. Oh, uh, yeah. And you can you can make that choice. I mean, that right back. Stefan Reuters there. Um, Latour, yeah, the problem with Reuters. Who was doing very well until uh, he got sent off then against... Um, the brief, yeah, I mean, Portugal. it's a bit, a bit of a contradiction as I picked them out and didn't play the first two games. But the reason I ignored the two German right-backs is partly because they kind of had a split shift between them. Yeah, um, yeah. Strunz got sent off against Italy. And Reuters was clearly a very good player, but I was never that impressed with yeah, him. He never yeah. really stood out to me. But, um, yeah, I mean... Yeah, you could put Latal, I think, was in another one in the team of the tournament, or what will be the 18 man team of the tournament, which is called. But no, I'll stick with Secretario, yeah. Anyone else? I mean, Kazaragi was bright at the start. I understand the, the arguments around Klinsman and, and, and Beerhoff, but the, you know, 
important goals and, and, and moments, I suppose. A anyone else that you think, shit, I've forgotten? I mean, Mehmet Scholl is there, hasn't been chosen. I'll, no, I'll tell you a few players who I, few players who I liked. Gorham is one, actually. Mm. He makes some fucking good reactions yes, in this tournament. I don't, yeah. No, but I'm I guess England as well. Sheringham's, Sheringham's one, which I've always thought was a poor header, and it sort of is. But actually, if you look at Gorham's, this is a 1-0, I think. Look, Gorm's reactions, they're fantastic. And the other thing is, and I didn't notice this till the other day when I was watching the highlights back, he, he, he's so close to saving Gascoigne's volley, and yeah. he's got no right to be getting anywhere near it. I mean, you'll know a lot more about him than He me. was in... So his reactions, and also that'd be the peak of his career, I guess, around there. Yeah, he was. His reactions in... were amazing for a fairly big bloke. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm very much aware that I'm with a couple of United leading people here but i i think he was the best keeper in britain at this moment in, in time personally he, he height was his issue but he was he was just a fantastic shortstopper for football at that time um yeah the, the, the goalkeepers there are quite a few i mean vitor baia has not been chosen bernard lamar mm -hmm. was good for yeah. france Cuba, was, yeah. the public um especially when it got you know um down to um into brass tacks and the um the, the knockouts mike anyone that you've you've just suddenly remembered well Shit, I forgot about him. Um, can maybe draft him in because you've won your last chance now. Yeah, well, just on Cooper, actually, I discounted him because of the uh final. I mean, it's a, yeah. it's a real howler for yeah. the winning goal, yeah. but for the equalizer, I mean, it's De Gea esque the way he's just nailed to his goal line. I mean, that ball <laughs> drifts all the way into like you know, from three yards out. I think Beerhoff uh, heads that in, he should be just walking over and catching that. Um, other players who had good tournaments that weren't in there. Gary McAllister, I thought. Um, yes. Had a very really good tournament. Brilliant against the Dutch. Had to, uh, you know, combat a, you know, lots of technically superior uh, midfield. There's a really lovely little sort of um, under, sort of purposely under hit through ball from a Kuyst's goal against mm. the Swiss and was superb against England for the opening, I think, 20, 25 minutes of the. Um, Second half when uh, when they really got back into the game. Obviously, there's the, the, you know, the whole thing with the penalty, but it's actually yeah. he's a brilliant crossfield ball for Collins, I think, which actually sets up the uh, the winning of the penalty. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, there's, there's a few in there. You know, like McManaman made the. Yeah, I, I thought you were going to pick him. I thought you were going to pick him out of Corey when you had your left winger. Yeah, well, part of me is a bit. I don't want to pick too many. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think I've already got three England players anyway, so I did, I did want to. Uh, mix it up a bit as well but i just yeah i i find he was good in this tournament McManaman, but with not a great deal on the end of what he was doing i think he got into some great uh positions and he helped set up that um you know shearer's third um yeah against the dutch but it's, it's perpetual frustration i always found uh watching McManaman sometimes um you know, yeah. I don't know. Maybe the game was just too easy for him sometimes. Maybe, but uh, just it, it wasn't as decisive um, as some other players in the tournament. Um, yeah, I mean, I think you know, Quinsman. Uh, you could have had in there. Deschamps got in the the, the team of the tournament yes. as well. But, um, yeah. You know, no one's picked him here. Um, Cooper you know, Cook, up for the checks. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's kind of. I mean, I mean it's it's the, all the scurrying behind him is is, is kind of what you know people. Um, yeah. yeah. Remember him, but as a, as a focal point for that attack, he was great. Scores a great looping header against um, uh, Russia. Russia as well, doesn't he? Um, 
but yeah, that that UEFA team is a bit. I mean, we've already mentioned Maldini, oh, that's com completely starstruck uh, inclusion. There's a lot of man crushes going going yeah, on there, picking up Maldini. Yeah. I think we when we spoke about um, Bremer on the Italian ninety one, not getting the uh, kind of plaudits he should. I think the, the spectre of Maldini is so yeah. huge, especially, you know, whenever, whenever anyone picks an all-time World eleven, that's the shoeing, one of the shoeing yeah. positions, isn't it? It's always Maldini yeah. at left-back. They'd, uh, they'd not have a good summer here. I mean, it, it's, it's the interesting uh, thing of doing the, the drafts in a tournament, and you've mentioned that a couple of times, Mike, it's well, apart from that, Mrs. Lincoln, how did you enjoy the show? There's, there's, there's always that that, <laughs> that big moment, that big kind of disaster that, that completely overshadows a good tournament Gary McAllister you, you mentioned quite rightly mm. from another Scotland perspective and I'm no huge fan of his even though he, he played for Rangers Colin Hendry was very good especially against the Dutch mm. um, yeah. for, for Scotland Scotland were defensively very kind of sound but he gets sent to the shops obviously by Gascoigne <laughs> and that's, that's kind of um, kind of where we are Jonathan any last minute change or just one change you would be allowed but any, anything you've, you've forgotten about you would you would want to uh... see yeah, I've I've gone for someone slightly esoteric, um, Doronel Muntianu, who played on the left for Romania for about 15 years. I think he's still their most capped ever player. And he had a good tournament. In fact, Romania, you look at the, the bald facts of it, like, and they've they lost three out of three. But each mm. game would not have had to go particularly differently for them to yeah. have far more points than that. They were very unlucky against Bulgaria, of course. And that was the game where Muntianu, who had a great game overall, he tried his luck from about 25 yards. This is at St. James's Park. It hits the underside of the bar. It lands a good foot and a half behind the line. And Peter Mickelson, the referee, didn't spot it. And neither did his linesman. And uh, Romania were losing 1-0 at the time and, and ended up losing 1-0 full stop and went out with a game to spare. Uh, Montiano was great. He had, he had a great um, USA 94 as well. He, he was usually on the left. And he was their captain for years as well. I, I like good steady players like that who never ever let you down and he he was very much one of them but Romania in general were just very unfortunate I thought yeah. overall <clears throat> okay seems like we're all sticking to what we have um let's have a look at the teams in and and, and assess them um I'll go first because I was first up um Andres Kepka and goal Neville and Yarni in the wing backs the back three of Kuto Sam or Babel uh Carambu, Gascoigne and Berger in the midfield and, and Schuker off of sharing them up front. Um, having done this a few times, it's very difficult this game, and I'm I'm all right with that. I'll be honest. Obviously, there are certain players I would have preferred, but um, the, the, the rules are tough. Um, yeah, I'm I'm happy with that. Would anyone wish to tear strips off that? Rob's just come off and mute. <laughs> so, so, no, 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 not really. Um... Now you've got to do what you think's right, haven't you? <laughs> no, no, Come on, then. But I mean, no, not really. I, I think I would normally I would say there's not much ball winning in the midfield, but I bet you've got three centre backs or three defenders kind of negates that. Maybe not, maybe not that many goals apart from Shuka. I suppose sharing potentially, but yeah. One thing on Berger, I'm interested in why did he play such a small part? I, I read a couple of things about illness, but I was kind of quite worried. Sorry to cut across. I think he was no, no. for the first two games because he'd been sent off against was the Faroe Islands or somebody in the final qualifier. <laughs> no, Luxembourg. Mm. Um, he got sent <laughs> off in the final qualifier, and so. But he, he gets was, taken he, off against Russia, doesn't he? he think, yeah, he thing. came into the team against Russia, I think, and uh, he, he missed the German and Italian games. Um, 
I'm pretty sure that's right. Yeah, he, he, he was mm. definitely suspended. He was lucky he got taken at all because, like, I mean, a lot of managers wouldn't even consider you if you had a two-game ban. Yeah. Mm. Shows you how vital he was. I'm going to go with that. But he's always like a little wild card in there, a, a, a little um, joker like that. That would certainly be mine. Um, Mike, then, Zuby Zaretta and goals. I think some of the yeah, um, other options there. Um, Reisinger and Ziga fullback, Helmer and Southgate at the centre. Um, Ince, uh, Boban, Figo and Cruyff and Shearer and Loudrop up front. Are you happy, Mike? Uh, I'd have been happier if I got a sandwich, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, I don't want to make a big deal of that, but yeah, I was, I was kind of, I should have picked him higher, I suppose, if I was uh, that fond of him, but um. Yeah, he's one I would have liked to have got. I just, I think he's got the assist of the tournament um, for Vlajevic's goal oh, against Turkey. Isn't it? That reverse, that reverse yeah. right, and the, the little bit of play before that as well to get away from one defender. Yes, and then yes. it comes of, from a Turkey corner, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, hit it, no look. Um, I thought it was great. Uh, yeah, happy with the balance of the side. I've got what I wanted from it in the fact that you know I've got a one striker that can play a bit deeper behind Shearer. I've got Southgate or or Helmer, even if you'd like um, step into midfield on occasion. Um, yeah, I've got the width. Um, yeah, there were others I would have taken. There was uh, a few from yours, Martin. I'm just go back. To the, I was surprised they were picked as low. Uh, Suka was one. I think I can't remember what round he went in. Was it third, maybe? Because oh. um, yeah. I was I was I was sort of erring between Shearer and Suka as my uh, striker. Um, and Sucre, I think, in a in a tournament with not that many outstanding individual performances in it, I think his, uh, his game against Denmark, the second half particularly against Denmark, I mean, obviously the goals and the assist, but the attempted lob of um, Schmeichel as well. And he played that entire game on the half turn. It's when you can tell yeah. a, like a forward's really confident. They're just immediately turning and going forwards with the ball. Um, I think with... He's, with... he's at severe at that point, isn't he still? Is that right? Yeah, and he's about so he's about to move to Real Madrid. I think that's in the works. Um, he'd been because they're one of the last great voyages into the unknown Croatia. Um, it's not a yeah. lot was known about him in England beforehand. Obviously, they'd, they'd only just rejoined, um, you know, FIFA and UEFA as well. And he, he spent, I think, a couple of months before the tournament learning English. So he was expecting to kind of make quite a big splash in the tournament. And the, the first game didn't go that well from against Turkey. He missed quite a few chances in that, but. Um, yeah, just lit everything up that um, Sunday night against against Denmark. Shooker yeah. and Sheringham and Shearer and Loudrop, I think you and I could be pretty happy with those yeah, combinations. Those are those are very strong. I did. Jonathan, those two teams, myself and, and Mike, any any thoughts on on that in terms of balance and whatever? Um, well, in, in your one, I was never a big fan of Fernando Couto. Uh, they just he always looked like he was a mistake waiting to happen, in my opinion. Um, Berger, I always thought flattered to deceive a bit. Now, obviously, he had some great moments, but I never got the feeling he was a guy you could really fully, fully rely on. You know, um, I think Yarny's a good pick. The thing that's forgotten about Yarny is he was really, really fast. Uh, yes, it's been forgotten about really, but um, I always liked him. And of course, Gaza has to be in there somewhere. I, I would, I would accept I like the, the, the longer term career well. assessment of of Kuto and and Berger. I think that's fair. I just think in this summer, in these few weeks, I mean, Couto, I thought Portugal, right, they get they get done by a moment of invention and genius with, with Poboski. I thought they were 
very solid. Um, probably should have done a wee bit more. I, I thought the two of them just in that summer were um, were, 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 were pretty good. Um, about Mike's team, I mean, for me, I think Ince is doing a lot of work um, there. Um, well, to, to keep he was anyway, together. to be fair. Yeah, he was. He was with England anyway. Um, maybe I just, I, I was never a huge Zubizarreta fan, maybe just a wee bit too young and then got that France 98 end to his career. Maybe that's just stuck in my head. But I think there's, I think, I think there's better goalkeepers at, the, at that tournament um, than, than Zubizarreta, personally. I, I think this is the one tournament one of the top when he kind of lived up to his reputation personally i thought he's pretty good i mean you're right we all remember that shambles against nigeria um but yeah i i actually thought Sinjata was really good they're kind of much with muchers though aren't they like yeah yeah I'm, I'm just just about mike's team um seeing boban there reminds me that i i always kind of i always kind of thought he was slightly overrated and i think i was influenced mm. by uh, john giles because giles he used to be for he's retired now but for years he was uh one of the main people on RTE's coverage of football. And sometimes he'd be co-commentating, especially in the mid-90s. And he'd be doing co-commentary rather than punditry. And if Milan were playing in the Champions League, he would always, always have a cut at Boban without fail. <laughs> uh, just, he just thought of him as a sort of, essentially, obviously not a not a, not an unskillful player, but just a sort of optional luxury extra kind of thing. Didn't really, he used to say all the time, uh, Milan would have won this match without Boban, no question. <laughs> He just had it in for Boban. <laughs> I can imagine Sunis having it in for Boban and just not really working hard enough and, and maybe having a fag at the, at the side. Prozineki, another one that didn't get a, a look in here either. Um, mm -hmm. Jonathan, um, Paruzzi, Turam, Adams, Kadlik. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a kind of a, it's a kind of a slow defence, obviously. Um, I'm, I like the midfield. Uh, I always liked Andy Muller and obviously Nedved as a god. I think yeah. Simbala gives you a little bit of ingredient X. I'm obviously having a bit of fun putting Stefan Kuntz up front. I was going to put Klinsman, and then I thought, no, just... Because uh, Klinsman, unfortunately, and through no fault of his own, missed pretty much the whole business end of the tournament. He did play in the final, uh, but mm. he was walking around oh, most... Yeah. He was patently mm. not fit. Uh, thanks to Croatia, so um, yeah, that's it's a bit of a mixed mm. grill of team, but um, I'm I'm happy enough with. Nedved was very good, I agree, and I, I think he played in about three different positions as well, didn't he? Yeah, plays left wing back in one game. Positions. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, within the same game. Yeah, <laughs> I think he plays left wing back in the first game, then he plays centre mid when he scores against Italy. Didn't mm. he maybe even plays right wing back in the semi? Is that right? But anyway, yeah, I thought he was a yeah. Fantastic player, which I didn't appreciate at the time. Actually, it's only kind of looking back and realised how, even then, it was kind of there in plain sight that he was a world class player. Mm. It was right. great that he got to play in a World Cup finally in two thousand and six. I think he was about thirty four by then, um, mm. and he still played well. Like he was, he was imperious yeah. against the United States, and even though they lost to Italy, he was good in that. Oh, game. he was brilliant that day. I thought he kind of doing it on his yeah. own, wasn't he, against mm. Italy? Yeah, even I mean, this is the weird, this is the weird thing with the Czech Republic. Since the Velvet divorce, they keep qualifying for the Euros and missing the the World Cup. Um, they've been at about six Euros since they became independent and won World Cup. Basically, they've won world. They've, they've won one game in the World Cup finals since becoming Czech Republic, and that was against the USA in 2006. So uh, at least Nedved got a little taste of it at the very end of his career. Who who stopped them qualifying in 2002? Belgium the playoff. Team... They lost. They lost both legs one nil. And Nedved was sent off near the end of the second one. He just they, they were one nil down in Prague. They needed three goals in the final five minutes, or it wasn't going to happen. And Nedved kicked somebody up the arse. I think it might have been Wilmot. <laughs> uh, but he was sent off at the end of that. 
Um, yeah, they, they just for some reason it just doesn't happen for them with the World mm. Cup. Yeah, yeah, Mike, any thoughts on Jonathan's team? Uh, yeah, I think uh, what well, I can, uh, if I was having to attack that, I mean, I'd quite fancy getting at that back four, uh, <laughs> pace wise in a few uh positions, I think. But it's got a lovely balance it's, it's, to it. It's like what the said, all of the good ones are taken, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, I'd, I'd have been a bit. Uh, conflicted about taking Stoichkov given the um, de- uh, the stuff he did that, uh, that wasn't football related during that tournament. Mm. But um, I just think for, um, you know, minutes on the pitch and what he did, I mean, one of the best individual goals of the tournament where it's yeah. just it's like that um, Charles, Charlie, Charles that used to be on Harry Enfield. It's just like <laughs> it's glued to his left foot. And I think I think it's the only direct free kick in the tournament that's scored. Yes, um, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, given the one... Yeah. But yeah. as Donaldson, the best one is the volley. It's worth looking up. Oh, if yeah. Anyone yeah. listening hasn't seen it. It's fantastic against Spain, the, which is wrongly disallowed. It's so good. Yeah. And I, remember, uh, I remember looking for it as a clip just to send to someone by email or whatever about two years ago, and I couldn't find a trace of it. Now, the, the full match is out there somewhere on, on mm. various Russian sites or whatever. It's, it's easy enough to find. It is worth seeking out and, and trying to. I think it happens early in the second half. Yes, it's, uh, right. it's not to be seen to be believed. It's just a, such a stunning finish. Uh, and we have Robs, um, Seaman and Goals, Secretarial Blanc Desai, Sergi, um, midfield three of Alts, uh, Rui Costa and Asanovic, and Jorkaev and Poboski on the flanks of um, Pierluigi Casaraghi. Rob? Confident, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I would have liked one of the two big center forwards, but obviously they're gone. I still think Kazaragi is a pretty good choice. I love having Blanc and Desai and then Alex in front. Can I just leave those three and let Serge and Sakatoria go? Jorko can come inside, let Serge go outside. I like the balance of Asanovic, Costa, Poborski. Yeah, I think it's pretty good. Um, Poborski and Jorko, I think, got the most assists in the tournament. The only thing in terms of the tournament, there aren't actually that many goals, but. I yeah. figure that, you know, it's not actually, we're not basing it on accumulated goals. You know, if you had, yeah. if you had all those players with Kazaragi and that rampant Moody was, I think, yeah, I think you'd do okay. Oh, you got so much creativity there, but I'm, I'm not betting on that being converted. I'll be <laughs> very, tough to, very tough to beat. That is, um, that's a mean. He was good, Kazaragi. If you go from, from was, Seaman to Ireland. Very, very forceful kind of player. I've yeah, just been exactly. There was a checks. There was a game between Lazio and Milan in late '94. It wasn't televised live, but Channel Four showed the highlights. And Lazio, to everyone's surprise, bit the hell out of them. I think it was four nil. And for the first goal, Baresi has the ball in his own half, and he's sort of just dodging, looking to see who to pass to. And he decides to clear it downfield, and Casaragi just sticks up a huge leg and blocks. <laughs> the ball rebounds towards the Milan goal, and Casaragi runs on and scores. That was him all around. Like he he made things happen. Yeah, I think in Rob's team, if I was picking. You know, just a, a straight eleven best team of the tournament. There's maybe four in there, in Seaman, Desai, Alts, and Poborski who who would walk straight into yeah, an eleven I would pick from this tournament. I, I think that's probably the highest number of the four teams there. I would say so. Yeah, so and that's right through the team as well. So yeah, it's a very strong side. And he's got a Sanovic. <laughs> <laughs> but the centre forward is a thing, an issue. Though you're right because. 
ultimately there were two or three. I mean, Switchcom kind of played where he wanted, didn't he, from the left, but you can still count with center forward. Mm. And obviously, Shuka and Shearer are fantastic. So, yeah, I would concede that is a relatively weak area. Mm. Okay, who do you, without giving anything away, because I'm going to ask you in the chat in a minute to just write um, your three in order, not including yourself, but who, who's got the best, let's say the best defense, including goalkeeper, do we think? Don't all rush at once. <laughs> Everyone's just thinking, I can't say myself, can't say myself. I don't I know. Think, I, think, I think Rob has the best defence. Um, a, a great partnership and two quick little quick little yeah. ferrets on wings. I think I think that's a good mix. Yeah, and Ilt's in front of it as well. That's probably, yeah. yeah. You that's can very make it you, you can make a case that search and secretary are better going forward than going back, but you'd think that Ilt's mm. kind of partially Gives you cover for that. And Secretary did play the back four anyway. So. I was talking to a German person one time years ago about these Royals, uh, as you do. And uh, he, <laughs> he said to me, um, I've never played like that before for Werder Bremen and he never did again. Fascinating, yeah. isn't he? Players like that who, and what's interesting about that, it's not like um, Yotima who kind of has one or two amazing moments. It's actually kind of pretty much dominating every game with things yeah. that you would think are more repeatable. Um, but yeah, who knows? I actually look. I'm looking. I really like Martin's defense. Actually, looking at it, Babel did a very good job. I know he came in yeah. and Kolo got injured. Kuto, I agree. I was never that impressed with him, but I think in that tournament he did pretty well. Also, scored a very nice goal. Yanni would have been my second choice left back, actually. Um, then Sama, obviously, and yeah, Neville's yeah. okay, but I think right back is kind of much for much. This I probably put Churam top, but not by a huge amount. So I quite like that defense. It's yeah, probably worth saying that. Yeah, Sammer. Um, I mean, it's good. Adams and Cadillac, yeah. Yeah, I don't dispute sort of Sammer being the uh, the best player in the tournament. I think he was hands down. But um, it is interesting with him. He did need need bailing out a few times. Yeah. In the tournament, off the back of his own um, mistakes, and it's, it's he makes a mistake to give the penalty away um, against Italy. Uh, he gives another penalty away in the final, which I don't, I don't think is a penalty. Actually, I think it's actually outside no, the box. Outside, yeah. you know, no VAR, obviously, and stuff. But um, and then I think I think he gives the ball away for when Suka goes through and does that lovely little uh, drag around Kirkka uh, to score the yeah, equaliser. So he, in the, so he, he plays the uh, final slightly if he passed to Freund, who mm. basically panics and then he gets robbed. So yeah, he's kind of he's complicit, but it's not directly him. Yeah, but like I mean, you know, well, you know, every, you're every... right. It's interesting though because I yeah. agree with you. Like pretty much every goal they concede or nearly concede, he plays a part. In, but equally, he's what is he scores two, wins a penalty. Yeah, I mean, it's so it's so far outweighed by everything yeah, else he did. Yeah. That, is he the last great sweeper? In the yeah. kind of sense we grew up thinking of it, because this is probably the final throws of that. Possibly, yeah, I guess so. maybe because even you've got there's a many, many in France, many threes still probably kicking about, yeah. But this is the this is the, the, this is the death quality, quality. Mm. yeah. I, I don't yeah. know. The only sweeper I can think of at uh France 98 was it Mateus went in there for a couple of games? Oh, god, yeah, yeah, yeah but that, yeah. that was, it wasn't as disastrous as Euro 2000 as at Euro 2000, yeah. but um, off the top of my head, can't think of too many more, yeah, it wasn't no, close. Um. Anyone want to venture at the best midfield? I do like Mike's, I'll be honest. I, but again, I, I wonder if Ince is... 
the life of a tough old yeah. shift. I think they're all. I think they're all obviously. They've got something to commend them. Yeah, well, actually, I like. I really like Ned better Muller as a pair. Actually, they're mm. both quite high on my list. I agree. I thought Muller had a really good tournament. Um, yeah, I don't know. They're all great. I suppose I'm, I'm not sure. I, I mean, I might be misremembering, but I just don't remember how good Figo was in that tournament. I remember scoring a really nice goal against Croatia, kind of blown to one. Typical kind of nonchalant finish, but mm. um, I, I agree on it too. I thought it was really good and actually quite a big attacking influence as well. Um, like you said, wins penalty, makes sure his goal will be able to fairly routine pass. But even um, the goal against Germany comes from him hitting that big up and under that Kirkwood punches over for a corner. Uh, I, I think it's is kind of probably England's most underrated player of the, that period. Mm. I think he was maybe slightly better at France 98, even though he was past that club level. I thought against Argentina, he was fantastic. Um, so yeah, I was a big fan of his. I just thought in that tournament, I just thought I was, I was slightly better personally. Yeah, I think, I, yeah, yeah. I think I think Ince might get more credit if he wasn't sort of a hard guy to like. Yes, um, and also, yeah. No, I just I think also, and Michael Owen has this problem as well. I think some players kind of don't have one set of supporters going into bat for them because mm. it's kind of, I mean, Ince was so good for United in that the emergence of that first team so important which has kind of been forgotten a little bit because of the way he left and what happened after then he goes to Liverpool and Owen was sort of partially a reverse thing and most people always have one set of sports arguing for how great they were and because they still love them whereas Ince is kind of slightly unloved really um by Liverpool and United I guess I've got no idea how Inter Milan fans feel about him mm. I think we know how West Ham fans feel mm. <laughs> I thought I thought he was. I think he could be. I mean, Ferguson's criticism were, were valid. I think that he was starting to get ideas about his station, essentially. But when he didn't, and clearly the kind of, I think he was humbled by being binned off by Ferguson. So he kind of went back to his old ways of just largely being a holding defensive midfielder. I just thought he was brilliant. His mobility was so good. Positional sense better than people think. Had that kind of mongrel that you need. Mm. Um, but actually, didn't you know he wasn't that reckless? Really, he rarely commit attack you'd think oh, fucking hell you idiot like, i can't remember too many red cards i might be that might be my memory addled but i i just thought he was a superb player yeah fair enough um and the forward lines personally i think it's between mike and i but i might be way off there given again just how how players played on over the course of that month but yeah i mean i think it helps having those two and of secret cheer and storage cover to an extent. I still think Poborski and Jorko are pretty good as kind of wide players, Jorko roaming. They did get a lot of assists. Poborski was, yeah, as you said, was kind of pretty much every game he made, apart from the first game, he made a really important contribution. And just, it's a shame also that he's remembered for being a bit of a mess at United because he was a yeah. really good player. Yeah, I love watching him. At his lunch, really. Uh, which is <laughs> yeah, shit. exactly. He, he he succeeded at all his other clubs. Like, I mean, exactly. On, yeah. on the final day of uh, 2001, 2002 in Italy, um, he was playing for Lazio and Inter were the visitors. And if Inter won that game, they were champions for the first time, I think, since 89. And uh, in, instead, they lost 4 2, and Poborski just destroyed them. He was unplayable. Yeah. Um, I think it's a. Go on, yeah. Sorry. No, no, sorry. Go on. No, it's just that they prolonged their title drought for another four years, I think. Uh, he was good at Benfica. Obviously, he was good at Slavia Prague. They had a very long UEFA Cup run just before Euro 96. 
got to the semis, knocked out Roma on the way. Um, so it's it's you, you, okay. Yes, he, he didn't do his stuff at United, and Ferguson cut his losses on him after about eighteen months. 18 I think. Months, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, obviously he was a, he was a turkey for them, but he was good for everyone else, and especially the yeah. Czech Republic. I think it's oh, a perception in England that he's a bit of a headless chicken, which is unfair. Like the, the a moment of his always love is the, that classic game against Netherlands in Euro two thousand four when. The winning goal, mm. someone has a shot mm. that's spilled, mm. and he could go himself and he just dummies and yeah. then squares it. I think Smeets there, but it's classic, like it's the opposite of headless chicken, his head up, lovely awareness, lovely dummy. He was just a really good footballer. That's it, that's yeah, in the last really... minute of a huge game, and he yeah to keep to keep your camera. Schmitz yeah. actually looks really surprised when the ball comes. Yeah. yeah, I know what I'd be doing, booting yeah. that straight over the bar, probably. Smeets is yeah, another one chat... that's left out tonight. Yeah, he had some yeah. decent moments. I didn't think he was like that influential, but he obviously the, the biggest one would be the goal against Russia. Um, but he, well, I think yeah, I mean, you, you could pick a really good 11. Sorry, mate. You could pick a really good 11 of kind of established players over a period of time who we haven't picked. The obvious ones being Zidane, Maldini, who just didn't play particularly well in the tournament. Yeah, Smeets' goal. Sorry, sorry, go on. Oh, so, um... Smeets' goal, it changes the whole narrative arc of the tournament, really, because, um, you know, that doesn't go in. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're out Italy through that whole side of the, the, the draw. Italy um, played Portugal, probably beat Well, maybe not probably, but certainly have a 50% chance of beating them. All yeah, I mean, I, th- I think here we go to the final, I think, if that, um, if that goal doesn't go in. Yeah. But um, mm, yeah, I, I just think with, with um, Paborski, I mean, the, oh, the headless chicken thing, I mean, the chasing he gave Maldini was very... You know, calculated. He was turning him always, and uh, we were wondering earlier about what was up with Maldini. I think one of his sons had been born overnight. Um, I think Christian Maldini, I think his name is, um, back in Milan, and I think he'd be, he'd been getting kind of you know updates through the night. So um, I don't know if he'd, he'd slept that well that night. He probably didn't well, sleep very well the night after either. But <laughs> it really is one of the all-time great roastings. If you're ever doing one of those joy of six things for the Guardian about. Uh, <laughs> Fullbacks getting killed, that should be number one. <laughs> yeah. Okay, gents, uh, we've come to the time where we, we need to put our money where our mouth is, I guess. Um, if you can in the chat, just write um, in order across from your best to second to third um, of the rest of the teams. You can't vote for yourself. If you can just get that ready, um, I and mean, we're all good, we can all press That's, send it. Really, it's really hard to do that. Oh, I know, I know. That's the fun of the game. Not a lot of love for me. I'm in last place with three points. Um, Jonathan is in third place with five, and we have joint winners, Mike and Rob, with eight points. Well done, gentlemen. Um, Just got to penalties now. Well, it goes to the the listeners, as it always does. You'll get your chance to vote on this on Twitter, X, whatever. You'll be all right with Particular week. So, Mike, you'll be fine with penalties. You've got Southgate in, so don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> um, fun as always. Thank you so much, um, Jonathan O'Brien. Thanks. Great to have. Great to be on again. Really enjoyed it. Mike Gibbons. Thanks very much. Cheers, guys. And Rob Smythe. Cheers, lads. It was good fun. And as I said, we are going draft daft. You will hear drafts on England in the 1980s, France 98, the first ever um, 
League, uh, or the first ever season of the Premier League, 92-93, and the Champions League of 99-2000 coming your way. If you enjoy the format, let us know and let your pals know, even more importantly. Until next time, bye for now.